Forgotten Flicks, Episode 72. The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension? Flicks podcast. I am John Big Boutet, and I am joined as always by John Smallberries. <laughs> Mr. Smallberries, are you there? I got to tell you, Mr. Big Boutet, I am barely holding my fudge in tonight. So. Are, are you? <laughs> we don't want you to lose your fudge. And <laughs> and and wonderfully, we we can tell you we are in fact joined tonight by John Yaya. <laughs> I knew I'd get that one. <laughs> Better than small berries. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, seriously. Actually, I am going to legally have my name changed to uh, Big Boutet. So my name is Joel. I am joined, as always, by the lovely Jason. And we have a guest tonight. Though, much like our buddy Daryl, he might as well move the hell in. <laughs> Just Come into the closet, Kevin. Come, Come on in. in. Come in. Water to is the, nice. To the Stop. magic, the closet of magic. Yes, Kevin Bacheldale from the Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV podcast and the <laughs> always entertaining, always highbrow for Jason Saturday B-Movie Reel podcast. Yes. Um, my favorite podcast to listen to. How's that? I, I thought ours was Because your... I don't listen to our crap. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have literally in 72 episodes... <laughs> 72 episodes. I have not listened to one in its entirety. And I edit the damn thing. <laughs> no, that's not true. There was... No, it's really true. I have never listened to one from the beginning. <laughs> no, it was episode four or something that you actually listened to the whole thing. So Did I think I? you've got one. On Did I? Wow. That tells you how... <laughs> that tells you the impact our words have on even me, because I don't even remember that. So welcome, Kevin. How are you? Yes, welcome. <laughs> you wanted to be here. <laughs> That's right. See, this was by choice. Yeah. Mental health. Yeah, really. Good Lord. <laughs> Tonight we are talking about the great Buckaroo Banzai, played by the great Peter Weller. Gentlemen, since we got a lot of talking to do, would you like to maybe uh, get right into the trailer and then say, um, ease our way into a, could it be a spoiler for our spoiler alert? Because it might be a brand new spoiler alert from our buddy JV. <gasps> could it be? Oh my goodness. Oh hurry, my God. Hurry. Yes. Trailer, trailer. Trailer, trailer. Go, go. 
Plug on that, you never know what it might be attached to. Inventor. Activate the sound barrier. Philosopher. No matter where you go, there you are. And the only hero. Buckaroo. 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 Curse are your bonsai. Who can save us all? Evil. saying that it took forever for JV to coordinate that with said spoiler guy because he's a complete douche who apparently needed an entire script with direction. <sighs> but, um, but that's pretty uh, much how I gotta it say, uh, worth the wait. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very cool. We thank JV for that. That was um, six tons of awesome from him. So thank you, Mr. JV. So yes, we are talking Buckaroo Banzai across the 8th dimension. We are yeah, talking... There's, there's- there's no pressure on us just because this is the first episode after like your first ever week off and we're going to have to deliver like twice as much fun as usual. Ooh, no pressure at all. No pressure at all. Tons None of at fun. All. Act into 20 minutes. Is that, <laughs> is that like 10 pounds of crap in a, in a nine pound bag? Is that... We are spilling crap everywhere tonight. That is absolutely for sure. So. Bo Shiggity. All right, gentlemen, Mr. Jasonion, you want to hit him with some knowledge? That, hey, <laughs> <laughs> let me let me say it this way. As quick as humanly possible, can you synopsize this motion picture? Um, really, <laughs> it would take me an hour. Um, yeah, I'm, I can't wait well, to hear this. The movie's an hour and 40-something, so you probably could just go no, can, shop for shop. I on an hour All discussion. Right. Yeah. Um, so this is, uh, oy, this is basically the story of one 
Buckaroo Banzai, a pseudo comic book character in real life who happens to also be a sur- a brain surgeon, rock star, a physicist, a particle, physicist? particle physicist, um, secret agent, and uh, God, uh, all around super genius and Zen master. Zen master. I would also throw in stuntman. Um, who? Ladies, ladies man, indeed. Um, eh, maybe, maybe. Oh, kind of at the end. Oh, oh, I was gonna say. I thought you were gonna start talking shit about Ellen Barkin. I was like, what? No, 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 no. I mean, he's kind of, he's kind of, he doesn't really play that ladies man throughout. I mean, he's he, he's kind of aloof, uh, if you will. Um, <laughs> and he basically come. He, he's invented this uh, vehicle that takes him into another dimension. An F three fifty. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no. It is a Ford Ranger. I thought it was a Ford 350, an F-350. Are you sure? <laughs> it looks like, looks like a front end of a Ranger to me. Then modified now. Come on. <clears throat> Slightly. Um, <laughs> and he, he basically created this vehicle that can now penetrate between the space of the atoms, and he finds out that there is a fugitive alien living in that area uh, on Earth, and known, fugitive, but what is that area known as, Jason? I think that's an important uh, plot point. Um, it's it's the uh, fifth. No, dimension? Um, no, you're thinking of that uh, hippie group, the uh, Age of Aquarius. <laughs> no, confusing it with the Fifth Element or something. Yeah, the yeah, Fifth Element. No, right. no, no, no. That does have uh, your girl in it, but no, no not tenth, the tenth dimension. No, nope. it's the eighth dimension. Yes, it is the actual eighth dimension, which they never explained, but. Uh, he goes in and comes out safe and sound, but that, I guess, uh, starts a series of events in which a benevolent alien race who has banished the bad alien race into the eighth dimension says, if you don't find the bad alien and stop him by sunset, we will basically start World War Three by nuking Russia, which causes this chain of events. Do you, do, so, you, do you know how you know they're benevolent, the alien race? Uh, yes, of course. The one universal indicator of benevolence. They're Rastafarians. No, a feather boa. Oh, I thought because they probably... And any supreme no. leader that wears a feather boa is benevolent. You don't know that rule? I didn't know that. I thought it was a Rastafarian thing. Never mind. <laughs> you need to get out more. <laughs> <sighs> so, they, so the uh, movie is basically spent unraveling uh, how to stop the bad aliens who are on Earth disguised as humans by emitting a gas that has bacteria in it that goes into your nostrils, into your brain, and tells your brain that you see them as humans, even though they're actually aliens. And somehow Buckaroo is shocked by the electricity through a phone that he can see all the aliens normally, but everybody else has to breathe through snorkels that go into a flak jacket uh, to see. (laughs) Wow, you make that sound so exciting. (laughs) I know. If if you could make that sound more riveting, I think... I, I think, are you sure, like, you in a past life, you weren't part of the PR department of the production company? Because this movie tanked. And the only thing I could figure is it tanked because you were part of their PR department. And you went around to all the possible markets. You said, yeah, so there's some friggin' snorkel gas. Uh, um, bubble bubble so, wrap glasses or something. Um, I actually was the one who coined the phrase in the trailer, nutty adventure oh yes it's a nutty (laughs) by the way i apologize in advance for the or not in advance actually in hindsight um for the dvd trailer but since this is literally this is the original trailer and i'm not even joking 
Like, this is it. I like the song, but this is it. Them, it just it's plays the, in, the song. Yeah, it's the end credits. That's the trailer. It's like, I'm, I don't consider myself a marketing <laughs> genius, but if I'm going to pitch a movie that's kind of wonky and out there anyway, I'm pretty confident in saying having a bunch of characters played by, at that time, not really huge actors, one of which was dressed up as either one of the Doctor <laughs> Who char- recent Doctor Who characters or Pee Wee Herman, I couldn't decide, and walking through this aqueduct to that song, in, don't get me wrong, catchy song, catchy song. In Los Angeles. Yes, it, it's an aqueduct. That If you were just seeing the trailer for the first time, you really wouldn't know. It's like, why are they walking? That exactly tells you exactly what that movie is about. And, I, no, and don't get me wrong, I get that it would have been very difficult to do that in a trailer. I'm just trying to make the observation. Don't know if that was the, it's literally like they gave up. Like they literally said, ah, dude, should we bother? I don't, I don't know. It's um, <laughs> they're not going to get it anyway. Yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I would argue that. Why even start? Uh, uh, calling it a nutty adventure was not much of an upgrade. No, no, but that yeah, so. but, yeah, but that was the DVD release. So that you, that, you know, I'll forgive <laughs> yeah, them because yeah. those those trailers usually suck. So <laughs> Con- continue, Jay, because God knows I don't want to interrupt this brain flow you've got going on right now. <laughs> so basically, the Hitler of the alien race. God. is uh, <laughs> John Warfin, uh, and every one of the bad aliens, and good ones, actually, for that matter, mm-hmm. are all named John, John something. My favorite, um, John Big Bootay. <laughs> my favorite is John Smallberry. Yeah, John so. Smallberry is my second favorite. <laughs> I just kind of feel bad for him. <laughs> um, they all have some John and weird name uh, to them. So John Parker was kind of a... a Good alien helping out Buckaroo Banzai. John O'Connor um, uh, played one of the bad aliens. It was kind of one of the bad uh, guys. But it, it's it's really just sort of a comic book tale of Buckaroo Banzai, who is this super international star. He's and a renaissance man. Act and uh, musician and everything uh, is saving the world from an, an alien threat that really is here on Earth. So, and, and much like the real Peter Weller, he's a renaissance man. Uh, yes, except mm-hmm. when he's trying to kill a rat. Then, well, that's a whole other story. <laughs> so, oh, I, I hit buttons. Dear God, I don't know what button I hit. I'm going to now. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I apologize. It was, the rat. it was the rat. He knows we're talking about. <laughs> yes. Cap was so riveting he fell asleep with the mixer board. <laughs> what? what? So, what? <laughs> so when was yes. the first time you actually saw this, Kevin? Did you did you see this in the theater? No, I didn't. I don't think anybody did. Jason did. He was 38 at the time. <laughs> like you said, they didn't promote it. I didn't even hear about it in the theater. No, this this was an HBO or whatever it was at the time, you know, movie channel one. Uh, and it was such, you know, it was one of those discoveries, like I said, that just all I kept doing was pointing at the screen and my roommate going, what the F is going on here? So was it a Night of the Comet sort of experience for you then? Because you, you, um, you saw Night of the Comet at the theater though, right? I, yeah, that one I believe I did. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, CMS there. We got. Uh, oh, that. Better Off Dead. That was the one that you said you oh. didn't see until college. Well, right? that was one of those. Yes, after a uh, you know a, a, a drunken stupor somewhere coming into that Better Off Dead. But no, this this one you had to be somewhat uh, conscious and sharp to have any idea what was going on here because it. Well, take it from me, Jay, uh, uh, Kevin. Uh, that is not necessarily the truth. It made total sense to me. Well, then you're even worse off than I thought. <laughs> I'm not saying that I 
had partaken of any, I don't know, <laughs> oven cleaner or uh, some kind of um, random, uh. you know, bug spray mixed with disinfectant. I'm not saying that I huffed anything like that prior to watching this movie, but if I had, it would have seemed very linear and almost, quite frankly, by the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> But you have uh, to admit, okay, this was actually a – this was a bad year for movies to come out. <laughs> and by that, I mean a bad year to try and compete. No, a bad movie for movies that weren't uh, produced by somebody named Steven Spielberg. Is that what um, you meant to say? Because <laughs> or Ivan Reitman. Or we had uh, Terminator, Ghostbuster, Karate Kid, Indiana Jones, Amadeus, Nightmare on Elm Street, 16 Candles, NeverEnding Story, and Doom. Did you say Gremlins? Um, no, that's just the top ten. Actually, Once Upon a Time in America uh, was also in that. Uh, Gremlins in that list, was but, Gremlins wasn't in the top ten. Uh, not for um, ratings of box that up. year. Not oh. box office. I'm going by ratings of that year. Oh, so. you mean like critic ratings? Yeah, yeah. Ah, but that there's, shit I mean, count. There's <laughs> definitely. I mean, Gremlins and Footloose are are eleven and thirteen, and Police Academy. And but my point is, Beverly Hills Cop. I mean, this was a rough year for any movie that was not. I mean, this is one, one of the of best those. years of the 80s. So, Well, and, and I think Terminator, you could make the argument, stands out because it would have been at the same, actually less budget. It was like $6 million. This was $12 million. So it, it would definitely have been a, it's one of the the sort of little uh, black wait, sheep wait, the, of the family. The that, budget for this movie was $12 million. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it made nothing, literally. Like, it made like, according, I think half. it was, yeah, it not even. Half. Was it half? It was $6 million it yeah. has grossed. But I think uh, on probably on on video and such, it's probably made back. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's got the cult following, but I'm not sure yeah. that's going to translate into dollars. I mean, you. Yeah, not necessarily. You, you've got to be a big sci-fi fan or a big B movie fan to want to go back to this movie. I know many people who watch it to say, "Okay, I finally saw it, and I never want to see it again," because yeah. it just you've got to just love to be enveloped by this zaniness. Yeah. Well, oh, for God's sake, Purple Rain came out in 1984. Oh, did that's you, did you it's over. did you say the last Starfighter? Yes. Yeah. Bachelor party. Come on. Tom Hanks. <laughs> this was rough. Yeah. I remember there was Sorry. Some... Supergirl. Oh my god. Did you really give it a Supergirl? <laughs> I don't C and D or no C and D, that movie sucks balls. It did. It did. I remember being a kid going Let's This sucks go balls. <laughs> yeah. Let's not even start on that. We went we went down that road in our Superman episode with with Daryl. So yeah, let's not true. revisit that. But uh, yeah, it, it did not gross much, and which is I I hadn't actually seen this movie in a long time. I saw it uh, like you, Kevin. This was a a definite HBO re- revisit for me. I didn't see it in the theaters or, uh, originally because I guess um, nobody did except the relatives of the people who were in it. Um, but uh, I, I definitely saw it on HBO a, a bunch of times uh, as most of my movie viewing experience was but i haven't seen this in a really really long time it's been i want to say like at least 17 years 16 years maybe God, back since in I've your seen 40s Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> early. Um, <clears throat> the early years uh, i watched it on beta when I was, <laughs> um but uh i had the laser disc <laughs> i haven't real, seen real. it I haven't seen it in a super, super long time, so I, I, I rewatched it to get ready for this because I have very, very fond memories of it, um, and I remember specific scenes and, and specific dialogue from it. So I went into this. Yeah, don't let the cat out of the bag yet. 
because I don't want to know what you think because I haven't gotten to talk about how I'd never seen it before or not in its entirety. You've never seen this? Nope. Really? Oh my God. I I have a confession to make. <laughs> my name uh, is no, Joel, no. and I've never <laughs> seen Buckaroo no, Bones. No. Uh, uh, stop it. Back it up. Start that with, Father, I have sinned. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me, I Father. I have not seen Buckaroo Bonsai, The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai in the Eighth Dimension. This is true. I have not. I never saw it. I knew of it. I actually, I had it on to get this crap. I actually recorded it off of HBO and it was, I remember starting it and it wasn't like I, I didn't like it, but I seem to remember being really confused by it, which is weird because normally movies like that, I, I just liked, um, probably somehow ties into film snobbery, but recorded on VHS tape. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, and I always remember the, uh, the final uh, moment when they walk because he was trying to I think at that time before I decided I was going to put one movie per VHS tape so my library looked bigger um, but, so, <laughs> but but prior to that I was being you know economical I guess more frugal and I was trying to do like the three movies to a tape you know when you put it was it a EP was it EP? Oh, right? yeah yeah SP EP LP yeah I think I had yeah SP was when you was a two-hour deal right and then, oh they, my god, I have not thought about that. Yeah, e- LP. I think <laughs> LP. LP was the you could get three movies, six hours on one tape, and right. they looked but it was like lower quality. Yeah, they looked like yeah. basically somebody had pulled fast forward them because you couldn't see what was in there. Yeah, like somebody had pulled yeah. the magnetic tape out and wiped their ass with it and stuck it back <laughs> into the cartridge. <laughs> Yeah, so, watch picture roll off the screen. Yeah, exactly, uh-huh. exactly. So I remember I was doing that, and I re- want to recall because I would always try and get it, you know, like right up to the end of the last, like, I, so there'd be like a new Tales from the Crypt or something coming on, and I, I had a little space left. I'd like, you know, just enough ah, to get that on. Yep. So I would I would get it right up to the last, and I'd pause it, and then kind of hit the record, you know, play record buttons at the same time, and was wait, and then, oh, okay, because I was so OCD even then <laughs> that it would piss me off. If there wasn't just a, just about five seconds of black <laughs> between them, so you could see that red roll, you know that little red uh, effect that would go up across the screen, you know, and you knew it shifted over. Okay, so but I always remember when they walked past the Buckaroo Banzai in red, like I was like trying to time it out, I guess, because I remember rewinding it to that. Like do, I don't know why I did that so many times, but anyway, so yeah, that part always stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> but really, nothing else about the movie. Yeah, and, but I was going to say, he remembers that, but he didn't watch the movie. But then you again... Are not, with, you are not OCD. <laughs> you, you are CDO. That's CD alphabetically, right? So <laughs> that's true, that's true. Yeah, I'm sorry. And let me... Hold on, <laughs> hold on. I'm, I'm tapping that out four times. CDO. Okay. Um, yes. So, yeah, I never okay, actually know. Let me, let me clarify something here yeah. for a second. Uh-huh. Let, me, let me clarify. Yep. Uh, you've seen Naked Lunch. Yep. With Peter Weller. <laughs> yep. Uh you have not seen, and you had not seen the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. I've seen the boy who cried werewolf, Jason, <laughs> and I have not seen Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> All right, um, okay. I I don't know where to go from here, but um, <laughs> little... well, I will just add that he also, until recently, hadn't seen Repo Man. Yeah, but <laughs> but you know what's That's... fun. It's two strikes, dude. Yeah, That's... well, it's two strikes. It's two strikes if I actually give a shit about being in the sci-fi film snob club. Um... Listen, um, I'm going to have to go to the sci-fi council, and I'm going to have to present this case, and I'm going to have to fight for you to keep your geek card for this. So the horror council, you're safe. The yeah, that's true. Council, yeah. You're on the shaking sci-fi ground. council, man. I got to look through my titles now, and I got to be careful what I recommend to Joe because yeah. I just don't know. Well, yeah, I, I will admit that when it comes to sci-fi, I'm very hit and miss. I'm still feeling kind of let down from Prometheus, but that's a whole other story. Um, did you like it, Kevin? Did you see it? 
I haven't seen it yet. Okay, well, I'll ruin it for you. Here's what happens. <laughs> As it turns out... I saw Alien. I know what happens. R- Ripley was a dude the whole time. <laughs> and she's wearing a giant strap-on. That's the thing we thought was the alien in the first movie. Turns out it was a giant <laughs> strap-on. Oh. Oh, man. Too too far? Too much? Game but... over, man. Game over. <laughs> Game over, man. <laughs> I got it. That was an Aliens reference. <laughs> okay, good. You saw that one. Okay, okay can you can you please submit that to the council as some kind of evidence that <laughs> yeah, I'm not a complete? That, 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 I, I have a case. I'm building a case. Okay. Can I at least say this about Prometheus? Yes. I, I will say this. I'm not going to spoil that anything. That 3D made not a damn bit of difference because I watched no, it in no, 3D, no, too, this... so I've seen it twice, technically. God, oh my, my, God. My, my teenage daughters took me to see it for a Father's Day present. They paid for my ticket. They took me to lunch. We God, they, do, they, do they not like you? I don't. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. It's because that's what I asked for. If oh, I asked well, for Avengers, they would have Like I said, you're always asking for it. So, listen, I took, they took me to the movie. The three of us sat down and watched it. If nothing else, both of them came out and told me, I swear to God this is true, they want to watch the entire Alien series. Quadri- quadrilogy? They want to watch everything up to that to get the oh, they want to see alien aliens and all the others like well that actually makes me kind of happy <laughs> and they and they even said they want to see alien versus predator because that's also part of the okay alien well film. then you just took away my but, joy i think jay they, they want to see alien they want to watch the original alien was it was it followed by the the explanation of because we want to see what a good movie looks like was that the... no no because i also watched uh, Alligator X with them two nights ago, and they wow. freaked away, So <laughs> training them right, sir. Training oh, them. you got you know it. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so yes, I had never seen Buckaroo Banzai, but you know what's strange? I remembered getting. I think it was a GI Joe comic book. Must I must have been Marvel because I know that there's something that was done with Marvel. Was there ever a Buckaroo Banzai like comic book that was issued as part of the movie? I, I, I had this sense it. memory I, I of that. I don't remember it. Yeah, I don't it, remember. They if probably it did. did. My guess is they probably um, had something that they, they came out with in collaboration with yeah. the movie to try and market. But I never collected it. And I had, you know, I had a good number of comics. But this I, would I, I, here's what's weird. By sense memories, and maybe what it was is there was just like an ad for the actual movie. And then that's where my head, like, you know, but my, because 84, I was what, like eight? So, you know, I remember, and I know you both were like out of college by then. Um, but... <laughs> Dude, I was living on my own. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> oh, actually, my then, then my joke really falls flat because. I, I, okay, um, I know you both were close to retirement by then, so that probably wasn't. bitches. Yes. So found that time machine, I wouldn't even still be alive. So yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, true. So they could have done like a half. I just half, you know I me mean? like I remembered the. A big one, you know, like G.I. Joe, if they did uh, – they used to do this where the back cover was actually a reverse front cover. Yeah. 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 I remember that. So, but I guess what it is is, like, I just remembered that I knew of, of the movie and elements of it. And I want to say, like, my memory was of, like, comic book panels. And I don't know why that is. It may have nothing to do with anything. Like, it may just be that that's for some reason way it got stored into my brain pan. But – I just that's what I remember. And I don't know if, again, maybe it was just there was an ad for the movie in the back. And that's just what I equated to is that comic book. So I was always aware of it. And I always kind of wanted to see it. And I remember I I said I started it one time. And I don't think my reaction was quite as bad as what happened with Lady Hawk as I went into our in our last episode where I literally at like nine, ten, whatever I was just kind of 
I can't do this. Eviscerated my childhood. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I didn't eviscerate your childhood until years later, Jay. Years later. (laughs) It's not like I went and I had this sudden psychic moment where I went, must seek out Jason Grooms. Jason. Must destroy. (laughs) Destroy. Destroy. Yes. No, I didn't. Exterminate. Exterminate. Um, see, I was doing a pseudo Dalek reference there because I didn't say exterminate. So, ooh, that probably counts against me, right? It gets, no, you get a you get a couple of points. Okay, okay. sci-fi cred. Okay, yeah. okay. <sighs> okay. So, anyway, needless to say, I'll let you both uh, both of you uh, turkeys say how you feel about this movie now. Before I oh wait, you're setting us up. No, <laughs> no, Jason, I would never. <laughs> I love you. I would setting never. Any more than once every two weeks now. <laughs> well, it's not like it's not like there have been movies that you cherished ever since childhood and apparently can't recognize that you have a horrid case of C and D and that I then decimate them. Wait, wait name one, Jay. Name one. Can't happen. Okay, maybe our last episode, but other than that. And Goonies. Alright, you know what? Just for that, I'll start. Okay, go for I- it. I'm sacrificing myself to the gods on this one. So oh, please do. Um, <laughs> so I hadn't seen it in a long time, as I mentioned. And I was curious to see if I would, because most of the memories I had were sort of bits and pieces of the movie. I didn't have a recollection of the entire movie overall. I had bits and pieces and I loved the parts that I remembered. And so I remembered uh, the part where he um, gets the formula and then licks his hand and transfers it to the, the, uh, uh professor that's on his team the older guy that had done it earlier um in his career uh i remember that i remember the aliens that he could see i remember the electric shock and some of those things so i was like okay am i just kind of sucking out the good bits here and the rest of it really not so much and i watched it straight up yeah yeah yakov smirnoff jason it has yakov (laughs) smirnoff go ahead i love this movie I can't believe I don't own this. I watched it twice. I love... I love what a country! Than... It's because of Yakov, isn't it? <laughs> it was Yakov Smirnov. It was Christopher Lloyd. It was <laughs> Peter Weller, who I... It was just great in this. I think he uh, you know, No, no. You know who it really was? <laughs> Billy no. Vera no. and his beaters. Nice. Do you like that? I caught. Ooh, he said, "Who?" Do I get credit for that? I didn't hear. Do the, do the didn't 1980s pop gods for songs that were featured in Family Ties get credit for anything around here? I didn't hear what you said. You were, you were interrupting me. What? I never do that. <laughs> Billy Vera. I said, "Did you did you love it because of Billy Vera and and his beaters?" <laughs> yes, of course. And the collars. Okay, I'm totally gonna do this. Side. I'm totally gonna do this, Jason, because I love you. Who's Billy Vera? I, I uh, he's a musician. <laughs> what <a> nice save! <laughs> <laughs> what did you think? He did the music for Family Ties. No, he did. <laughs> his song was. Should have come while you were ahead, Jason. It was the it was it was the one where his girl, where where Alex's girlfriend's gonna leave to become a ballerina, <laughs> and they're dancing on the dance floor. See now, here's where I'm gonna admit I have not seen many episodes of Family. Oh, you I can, did see a oh, handful. You suck. I, I I didn't. I mean, oh, I had such I, a crush on Mallory. Oh, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I, like, I did yep. like, and I love Mike P. Alex yeah. P. Yeah, Alex P. And and I will, I will, I will say this, Jay. It's no wings, but 
You know what? I will I will agree with you there. It was no wings. But by that still- by that I mean it didn't suck. So <laughs> <sighs> So anyway, I loved it. And um one of the things that made it for me is I love John Lithgow and and what How does your wife this, how does your wife feel about <laughs> I don't she didn't watch this with me either time because when she saw him come on on screen, <laughs> she scream and run out of the room. I hate you if you bring that son of a bitch into my house one more time. <laughs> I love John Lithgow. I love oh. almost every movie I've seen him in. We talked about him in Cliffhanger, and that's where my wife's hatred of him showed itself. Um, but I love him also in like Harry and the Hendersons and Third Rock from the Sun, and I just I really like him. And in this, I thought he was he was absolutely hilarious and. So the movie was just – it was quirky enough. It was, uh, it was smart enough. It was kind of comic booky, but it wasn't too cheaply done. And I know it did not do well in the theaters. And, I, and by the way, I did the math for this because I looked up what it grossed, what it has grossed. According to IMDb, it has grossed in the U.S. $6 million, 6.25. And right? IMDb is never wrong. I think that's just theatrical though. I don't think okay. that's counting for DVDs and VHS. Can I at least say this? Yes. It's opening weekend. Yeah, it's horrible. It did $2,000 per theater it opened. How many th- How many theaters? 200 and some. Yeah. It did 600 and some thousand. That's not good. Some. That's not it good. It did $2,000 per theater. Even at $84, yeah. That's not good. So uh, rough rough start. Yes, I understand indeed. that. But this is definitely one that I feel like it was it – was, quirky and well-written and it was funny enough. It didn't feel like it was um, uh, buying into the mold of anything else that was going on. It wasn't trying to copy anything else. It just felt unique and it felt original enough that I really enjoyed it. And I thought it was well done enough and Peter Weller and everybody and even Jeff Goldblum, who I, I'm a big fan of Jeff Goldblum's as well. Um, it, he, he was even funny in it, which he didn't have a big part, but he had enough. Um, and Christopher Lloyd, of course. So, I loved it, and I'm done kissing the button. Buckaroo's ass is sufficiently clean. Thank you, Jason. Step no, away this, this from Peter Weller's for, ass. This is to make up for the rat movie uh, that I spent <laughs> pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, well. The rat movie. It'd be known for that forever, won't it? Uh, <laughs> what was that called? I don't even remember. Of unknown origin. Unknown origin. And, and you ready for this? The, the This is what C&D is just this insidious disease. Because... <laughs> I know, I know intellectually as much as I can intellectually know, which isn't much, but as much Sir as I can, it, which as much as I can know, Jay, I know we railed against that movie after having watched it, but my earlier memories of it that made it superior have almost as if you scraped away barnacles <laughs> that were those good memories, but through some sort of freak of nature, the barnacles sprouted right back up. Like a, you know what it's like? It's like I had HPV on my C and D covered brain. So it's like, and and they and they scraped it away, and it just grew right back. I'm like that tree bark kid. Have you seen that? Where it's like his hands have like trees growing out of them. You see that? That's what I am when it comes to that movie. I can't. I mean, that I, was that was troll too. Oh wait a minute. So no. That's really how I get most of my medical information is from movies like Troll Two. So please forgive me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the good thing about CND is it does sprout back quickly. It really does. <laughs> it really it, it, it heals. It's a, it's like it's like a it's like a blister that heals very fast. 
and then you pick, oh, and, then, and then you pick it again. <laughs> well, you Kevin, pick it again. Kevin, aren't you glad you came back on with us? Aren't you? <laughs> oh goodness! Oh my goodness! So, Kevin, how do you so feel about this movie? <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, I will tell you now that apparently Buck, Buckaroo's ass is very clean from the amount of kissing it received. Um, so, hey, but uh, it's only the left. See, so, Kevin, I leave the right. Wait, well, or you could sit your dinner up on the left side. It's so clean, and just go ahead and oh. eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, my initial memories of it, like I said, yes, I, I am the old fogey here. I was, you know, in my mid-20s when this thing came out. So I was seeing it. So did you have to just... wrestle uh, Vern for the remote control in the home? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Cheap shot. Come on. This is the 80s. There were no remote controls yet. Okay? I'm sorry. You stand the, up the and turn cl- the channel. The clicker. Three channels. We were lucky to have them. No, okay? you, you, you had the it. Remotes, they were, the remotes were connected by a very long wire that went up to the TV. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. It was called a clicker. <laughs> I was calling it a quick clicker like up until like three years ago. Hand me the clicker. <laughs> oh, but no, at that point it was just like you said, it, it was so freaking weird and mm-hmm. so unique in the way it looked at things that it was just too cool for, if you were a fan of sci-fi, which as you guys know, I'm way over the top of that. So anything like that, I'm going to just enjoy anyway, but to, to see it take this stuff, Left field is like in the rearview mirror. It went so far out there. So I was totally cool with that. It, it just made it so much fun. I loved to show it to other people that I knew were not big sci-fi fans just to watch the reaction to some of these scenes and the characters. Come on. Or to people Laugh like me who are... Monkey boy, come on. Yeah, that is, that is good. <laughs> that... Monkey boys, we kill them all. <laughs> what was the fudge joke? That was pretty awesome. <laughs> It was the general, and he said, "That's right." To the president, "Sir, I'm a soldier. I've got enough decorations on my chest to break a Christmas tree, and I've got to tell you, I'm, ba- I'm scared, <laughs> sir. I can barely keep my fudge in right that was now." Really, that was phenomenal. <laughs> that whole scene, that whole scene, reminded me of of uh, Doctor Strangelove. Like it was that level of absurdity with the military and the president and dealing with you know life and death issues. And now wait, the president. At, uh, was apparently inextricably having back surgery. Or no, no, something. no, no. It was they in just... this circular kind of rotating back brace that would lift him up or down, kind of like the girl in the movie The Toy. You know, Jackie Gleason's girlfriend that kind of went in the shaky thing. And oh, you don't remember that? The, the toy. I, I remember her. I remember it, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I can watch it. I, yeah, when we do when we do our series called "Damn, That's Unapologetically Racist," we'll be covering the toy. Um, <laughs> which, oh. um, <laughs> but but yes, um, uh, thanks for bringing that movie up, though, Jay. We really appreciate that. Because um, <laughs> there's nothing says nothing says funny like rich little spoiled white kid owning a black man. <laughs> oh, oh, that was wrong. Oh, no, it was funny. It was... Oh, please send your hate mail to Jason at ForgottenFlicks.com <laughs> and explain to him oh. why, I don't know, some folks might find that a little offensive. Okay, so yeah. One of the things I love, okay, so Kevin, you brought this up. In, in, um, Ladies and gentlemen, and, please and... notice how they've completely left me out of the conversation and don't want to know what I think. But continue, up. Jay. Hey, you just sit there with the button, all right? That's all we're talking about. Uh, so, DEFCON uh, 5. DEFCON 5. <laughs> Want to play a game? Go ahead. <laughs> you know what? Though, if nothing else, War Games taught us exactly what DEFCON is, and so when yeah, 
So you have yep. a lot. Yep. Exactly. Um, but one of the things I love about this movie that I think sometimes a great uh, and an oddball great, um, not classic or one of the, I mean, I don't want to say classic, but one of the ones that doesn't follow this, the same formula, something that is very against the grain um, in this is it feels like it's showing you a small snapshot of what is a much bigger story that you just aren't privy to. I mean, like the, the president, what? Um, Jeff Goldblum dressing like a cowboy. What? Um, but all of them seem like all and all the people in it that that's perfectly normal and natural. Like Buckaroo Banzai having his own estate and people are waiting outside and all of that isn't explained. And so a lot of it just kind of comes into that all of these characters in the in the movie are acting like, yep, this is exactly how it should be. So it's it's unapologetic and it and it seems a little um, out of sorts, but just enough to me that. It was fantastic, and I actually loved the way that they um, showed what felt like part of the story. The only part of that that I really am disappointed at is at the very end. Did you guys catch what it said? Yeah. Why it was disappointing. We didn't get the sequel. But, yeah. But why? What happened it, to, why with it making half its Bright, budget back? What, what, what happened to <laughs> Buckaroo Banzai and the League of International League of Crime? I mean, the World come on. Crime League. Yeah, the World, World Crime League. That's it. Yes. Yeah, and was, it, mean, was it was it was it was a Henry Sean? What was his name? What was there? What was the guy's name that was supposed to be the crime syndicate boss? That oh oh oh, did Joel pull out a factoid about Buckaroo Banzai to two guys who love it that don't know who he's talking about? The the man who killed Buckaroo's parents. Oh, that's because okay. that that's all in the deleted. Scene. I don't care. I looked at them. <laughs> <laughs> then okay, I'm impressed. You... you get another point. Okay? Thank you. you another point. <laughs> Yes, we'll, we'll see what kind of weight that has with the council. Uh, so, <laughs> yes, including the alternate opening, so you know who else was in this movie. Jamie Lee Curtis. That's right. Yep. Now this was a. I mean this this is like what was it two thousand one or two thousand two? The DVD, the the bonus. Yeah, two thousand two. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean this had a lot of stuff. I mean between the deleted scenes, the, the commentary, the behind the scenes featurette and stuff. I mean there's a lot of good stuff in this DVD. And what killed me about a lot of the, the um somebody on YouTube had listed like a bunch of the uh, work print they called them work print scenes, but basically they're just deleted scenes and there was a few that I actually questioned I and I get it's hard cuz you're not if you saw them edited in maybe the totality of it would you know screw up the beats and the rhythm of the movie, but right, there's right, a few right. points that I think I, I get what Jason's saying about the you know having this uh, these characters that exist so completely in their own universe that we don't just like in real life you wouldn't over explain why right. a character does what he does you wouldn't turn to the the fake camera that would be there and go I dress like a cowboy because we don't need that it doesn't matter but I think there was a few character things and little nuanced things that they could have done to make the story a little clearer um, I know one of the deleted scenes just a little thing like when um, and they do the press conference, and I love that whole thing where Buckaroo's describing, you know, the actual, um, you know, the the, the mass space of, between the y- atoms. Y- yeah, 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 the, yeah, that you know, like the majority of it Concept. is just it's space. Yeah, the, the, that you know that sort of theoretical physicist type stuff. And he throws in the deleted scene. Apparently, somebody says something about the um, escaped. Uh, was it, Lizardo was the actual body, right? Because that was the other thing they didn't really, I think, explain that really well. I didn't take it that way. Right. That that as somebody who came to this movie fresh, that they didn't really explain. I had to read something in after the fact that one of these aliens essentially had taken over the mind of Doctor Lizardo, played by John Lithgow, and he and what? He's, yeah, and Lizardo like he's was possessed. The one who he invented along with 
Dr. Hikido, he invented the the whole uh, the flux capacitor. Over thruster. <laughs> yes, the oscillating over thruster. <laughs> the oscillating. He invented it initially and went into the eighth dimension halfway, like from his waist up. Yeah. And uh, when they pulled him out, he was Doctor Lord John Warfin, crazy yeah. Russian who. Uh, no, 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 and I will say this: I'm, I haven't said yet how I feel about this movie, dude. Yep. But you just you hit the nail on the head. John Lithgow's accent was effing horrible. It wasn't <laughs> Russian; it was Italian. It didn't matter. It was his. It, it wasn't matter. supposed to be anybody. No, it, no, that's a problem. It was supposed to be. I if you yeah, I read this whole thing about. I guess there was a. Um, I don't know if he was a caterer or he was somebody that worked on the on the the set, and apparently had his very very thick Italian accent. So. John Lithgow had this guy record all of his lines into a recorder, and he would listen back to it. He was trying to duplicate that accent. It's, See, now I'm glad I didn't listen to any of the extra commentary. I, I didn't do that till afterwards, and that was something I read. It was afterwards. I didn't do anything going into this movie either, up until other than um, I didn't think I watched the trailer. I may have watched the trailer, the music one, which you know totally gave away the plot. Um, <laughs> but um, so can I now that we're uh, almost a good solid 46 uh, and a half minutes into this damn thing. May I say how <laughs> I feel about this movie? Tell us what you're going to Oh, for it. So I'm, oh, real quick, Kevin, I am assuming you still like it then. That'd be a big yes. Okay, well, the right cheek... Uh, affirmative, the, Ghost Rider. The right cheek isn't quite as clean as the left cheek, if you get my drift. I wasn't as verbose as him, but yeah. Okay, I don't hide it well. <laughs> okay. So here's the dealio. I hadn't seen this movie, at least, not, I mean, other than, like, you know, like I said, the first, like, ten minutes or whatever, and the scene in the aqueduct multiple times. Um, I hadn't seen it, and I went in with an open mind. I tend to like quirky movies but as i told jason recently i the only thing i don't like is when it's there's this sort of crass element of like that everybody knows they're in a bad movie kind of thing or they know they're being campy like i feel like the characters should believe what they're up against if that makes sense it's sort of like why a movie like a scream or buffy the vampire slayer the tv show worked and some other quote-unquote horror comedies don't. It's because in those situations, the characters actually are really friggin' scared and really believe what's happening is happening. So that's always been my one caveat to any weird, quirky movies. That's why I love Bubba Hotep so much. Because regardless of whether you believe that Bruce Campbell's character is in fact Elvis, he believes it. You know? And, and I just, I love it when a character is very true and real in that universe. <clears throat> you were justifying a hate. I can hear it. Well, let's keep the same open mind here. Let's let him go. Jason, we can kill him afterwards. Go Jason's ahead. mind has been closed since 1970. <laughs> he got back from Woodstock, spent some time in his parents' basement. I went That's to Pennsylvania. Acid, I, I went to Penn State. That's all. Whoa, whoa, too soon. Plus, was soon. He, I didn't I think no. he was working there then. Um, so I don't know what you were doing in the showers by yourself. But um, okay. So here's the deal. Um, I actually really dug this movie, but there's a caveat. Oh, you have such a big butt. I said it's it's bootay. Um, let me go through. I here's big the bootay. here's the here's the caveat. I wish I had seen this movie at there was another movie we had the same conversation about. I know we did where I said I wish I had seen this movie when I was much younger because I would have felt even stronger about it had I done that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think yes. coming at it with, unfortunately, you get to a certain place, you've seen so many friggin' movies, you can't help but notice all the 
mistakes or all the, you know, the discrepancies or the fact that, you know, some things don't make sense, but they're not really supposed to, I don't think. I mean, I sort of took this movie, you both have said, oh, it's, you know, it's a sci-fi, it's this, it's that. I, I took it as a satire. Like, I think it was meant to be a satire in the same way like a Doctor Strange love was because obviously you had this whole underlying thing about like, you know, kind of anti-nuclear war. And, and at that time, of course, 84, that was kind of a big deal. Um, not that it is now, of course. Uh, but I, I, I took it as a satire. And in that way, if you go into it, it with that mindset, it's fantastic. And there were great lines in it. Um, I felt that it was a little uneven in parts, but I don't... I attribute that partly to maybe some editing issues and like the way certain scenes were put together. And I go back to like watching some of those deleted scenes. There were just little things like though when Penny Pretty, for instance, is in the bar and, and actually personally, I want that on a friggin' t-shirt. I all joking aside, I loved the whole, no matter where you go, there you are. And, yep, and the way Peter are. Weller says it, it's so Zen and so friggin' like <laughs> just, wow, I got to really think yeah. about that for a second, man. Yeah, I got to write that down. Holy crap, he's, he's kind of <laughs> right. It's like it says multiple things at the same time. Um, and, and so Which I, I pointed out earlier, they repeated in Mad Max, Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, but again, I think that awesome. line, I could be wrong, but I think that line is actually has a literary source. So they're all taking it probably from the same thing. But regardless, Peter Weller saying it is a hell of a lot more badass than Pig Boy or whatever it was you said it in Mad Max, <laughs> Beyond Thunderdome. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, so, but, and that's the thing is Peter Weller, I mean, perfect casting one-on-one, especially as, in this movie, because, oh because he, he does come across as like, I believe he could fight. I believe he would be the hero, but the guy just like exudes smart, <laughs> like, but, but in a very like approachable way, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you think he's, he's really intelligent. He's really brilliant, but that you could talk to him and he wouldn't make you feel like a total jackass. Now, maybe that's partly because he's got these icy blue eyes that would just stare you down and make you shit your pants. Maybe that's it. I don't know, but it could be that the guy just seems, and I think if I'm not mistaken, doesn't he have like a master's or a PhD in history? I mean, he's like the guy really, he knows, you mean, huh? Actually has yes, yeah. He's actually teaches history oh, at some okay. college. I don't remember what it was. I don't know. Does it probably does it like adjunct? But still, uh, I mean, the guy is friggin' brilliant, and he plays like multiple instruments. I think he played all the instruments that he played on screen. I think the only one they said he had to pantomime was the piano. Um, wow. You know, so the guy is legitimately like this Renaissance man type, and and I love that they. Uh, one, one of the other things I read said that both he and Lithgow, <laughs> when they were pitched this idea. Uh, were hesitant at first because they thought it would be, you know, maybe a joke that it wouldn't uh, come across as very um, uh, serious enough that it would be so absurdist, so over the top camp that people wouldn't be able to buy any of the characters. And then they were reassured that, no, no, that won't be the case. And I think definitely Lithgow chewed the hell out of the scenery, but he does that really well. I I mean, you know, so was this, was this a case of, they said, I'll do it if you do it. Yeah, 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 exactly. I dare, um, I dare, I dare okay, you. Are seriously. you going to do it? Um, hey, I, I'm hey. not going to do it. If you're gonna, Only if you do it. Hey, John. Are you, hey, are you serious? Are you really, yeah. really going to? Yeah, All right, I'll hey, do it. John. All right, let's, let's, let's do it. John, 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 it's Peter. Hey, hey. Yeah, I'm sorry to wake you up, man, but I, but I got a quick question. Um, Are you really going to do this Buckaroo Banzai thing? <laughs> All right, man, fine. I'll do it. God. Well, did you hear, where was it in one of the items, the, the who the fallback was, if if Lithgow wasn't going to do it? No, I don't, think, that I, part? I don't think I caught no. that. That was going to be uh, Christopher Lloyd. Oh, see, that would, yeah, I can see that because it would be very Doc Brown. 
Yeah, because oh, he could play that kind of mad scientist. He went crazy enough. Yeah. yeah. But here's the um, problem, and this oh, is. Wait, what was the name of his character in uh, in uh, Taxi? Uh, oh yeah, the crazy Jim. guy. Jim, yeah. yeah, I mean that that kind of character. He played that kind of. He could have pulled that off. But here's the only problem, and this is probably the biggest beef I had with the movie, and it because it confused me at first. They said this whole thing went down originally in 1938, right? Right. Mm-hmm. This movie takes place in 1984, right? This isn't like some alternate universe, you know, mid to late 60s, right? This is actually 1984. As far as we know. Okay. <laughs> am I really supposed I to... Am I supposed to buy that John Lithgow is like 80? Because he would be. He would have had to be in his 30s when he did all this science. He doesn't even say, he'd say he was a child genius. He's 22 when he does... This is like almost 50 years, years later. later. He did not. I mean, now, Christopher Lloyd in Back to the Future looks like he could be 70s. I remember I was really disappointed as a kid when Clue came out and somebody explained to me that was Doc Brown. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> He's not 80 years old? What? 1.21. Yeah. So I, um, you, you know, that's probably the biggest. If I had a huge beef with this movie, that would be the one. It bugged me that Lithgow. And I mean, I guess you could kind of make the argument that, well, he's possessed by this alien. Maybe that keeps him. I mean, that's a bit of a stretch, but maybe because Hikito at least looked like he looked older, he a different character in the in the earlier version, yes. the 30s version. There was definitely but even a different. He yeah, didn't look like he was like 20. He had he that. Y- like he was like 30s. And then as an older guy, he looked 50. I'd say, yeah, <laughs> so, I'd say you could have he could have passed for in his maybe 60s. But maybe, but yeah. th- that wasn't nearly the stretch that I had to go with Lithgow because, I mean, he's like, dude, other than the, the teeth, um. And the crazy hair that it doesn't look. I don't get why he's. I'm. I'm confused. So, so that kind of left me trying to figure that out, which isn't good when you're trying to just figure out the basic plot of the movie, anyway. But that's the key. This movie is not about the plot. That's incidental. Um, and normally, I will rail against a movie that I feel like doesn't tell a story well. But story and plot are not. A plot should serve the story. If that makes sense, a plot is not necessarily the story. In fact, if you have a story that's all it is is plot, it's going to be pretty friggin' boring and predictable and stupid. This movie had had a plot, but it was so convoluted, but it was so much fun that it was okay. That's what I kind of feel like. I feel like everything about this movie that you would go negative on in a traditional let's break it down as a movie, you immediately then have to turn around and go, yeah, but it's so much fun. Who gives yeah. a crap? You know, it's like, it's just a good time. It's just a goof. I mean, it's like, I feel like it's a satire. It's a comedy. It's a, it's a Doc Savage comic book. It's a Western. It's a sci-fi movie. You know, it's pretty much everything. And they, you know, they pulled off. Now, what, another interesting point is the guy, um, Earl Mac Roush, I guess is how you pronounce his name. Um, he wrote, the guy who wrote the screenplay, apparently, and the reason why you probably feel the way you do, Jason, is he, I guess they said he wrote like a dozen or better different versions of Buckaroo Banzai scripts that he like started and never finished. So they took like all these disparate elements of all these other characters. So he'd spent so much time developing these characters just through other storylines. That's why then he brings, it's sort of like they took all these different elements and just kind of literally, you know, threw them into a big salad bowl and just mixed it up. So that's why they feel so complete because they do have these in-depth backstories that. Well, and, and I hate to bring this up. I, Kevin, I apologize in advance. <laughs> I hate to bring this up, but I, I, I want to just for a microsecond bring up a comparison. That's why originally I liked the original very first Star Wars because it felt like there was so much other story that they didn't have to go into. That's why that film for me worked so well at the time. Well, that's because George Lucas had it all planned out from the beginning, Jason, don't you know? 
revisionist history. Um, can you can you at least accept that? That's kind of the reason why that original yes, because there was I, so I, much like they had a back, lot more back. Like there was, it, it felt like a very small window into a gigantic story. Yes, they had all figured what, yes. out, but you were more like the the spectator in it, and like, oh, of course, I'm not going to know everything because I'm kind of watching what's going on in this. And moment. if you think and, about it, the greatest movies of all time, to some degree, feel that way. Yes, yeah. They all have that the level of backstory that you don't see. It's what you don't see, and never is even mentioned. But the but the people writing it, the people who directed, the people who, uh, you know, and sometimes it's, oh, it, oh, it stops with the writer, and that way it ends up in the text and the subtext. But yeah, a lot, yeah. but a lot of times they'll share that with the director, and then the actors may know certain things, so they can add these little touches that make that you just know that there's a. And when this when the scene ends or when the movie stops, that those characters really just walk out of the frame and continue on with their lives. Right. And that's kind of like what uh, when we talked to Lance Hendrickson, that's one of the things he said. It was that he, he loved Dude, building you know, these. Can, whole... I, can I tell you something real quick? I'm so going to create a sound. I, you know, I'm going to tell you. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save it for another thing. Go ahead. <laughs> what? Because I just had a great idea. I'm not going to tell you. Just go ahead. Yeah, he started. He started it, but then he bit his lip. Go I ahead. bit my lip. Yes. I, I, it's actually bleeding right now. <laughs> he hmm. did. That tastes like a penny. It. Was that an acceptable drop? Was that was that an okay drop? No, it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, he talked about the fact that he liked to build backstories in his character that, that had not even necessarily been explained in the film. And I felt like that's what the people did in this. Like, even the Jeff Goldblum character, uh, it, you got nothing on him. Nothing on his backstory. Nothing on who he was. Uh, other than he was uh, a doctor. They did a quick thing. He was a doctor, and he had gone to med school with Buckaroo. Yeah. And that... Bucker would ask him to come on, and all he said was, can you sing? And he says, I can dance. Yeah. And they show up to pick him up, and he's in a cowboy <laughs> outfit. So it, it felt like he had built, or I, I don't know if it was him or if it had been the, the director or the writer or whatever, but there had been a, a whole lot more story before and after uh, to his character, and I kind of liked that you came in halfway through that. Yeah, and I and will say that- go ahead, Je- Go ahead, Kevin. No, I was going to say, so, and to me, that's part of why this movie – when I did initially see it, you know, mid mid eighties, and and then after that was, it kept it so fresh because you'd watch it and go, okay, I didn't get that part. I'm going to watch it again yeah. and see if, see what yeah. I what I missed that would fill in that. Why why are there two alien universes? What, what do you mean Penny's got a a, a twin? I mean, what's yeah, what's right, all this stuff? Right. Going? Oh, can you I really know, quick? It, can I really quick address that? By the way, <laughs> is it me or was Ellen Barkin like hot? I, what was up with that? Am I the only one who took it that way? Did she was oh, no, hot? Her standing in the in the jail cell. Okay, oh, wait a second. Yeah. Oh, Dude, you just ask oozed, me oozed out if of her. Ellen Barkin was hot in this? Yeah. Like, I, I felt like I, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was like, uh, but like. <laughs> You're was, not sure? No, no, no. But like, it was like, it was almost like unnaturally. So like my, literally like my response was one of like, hmm. Like. <laughs> okay, so I got to say, uh, I'll comment on that. I always like the movie Switch as a kid, as a kid, but technically she's kind of playing a dude through that whole movie. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, she is not only maybe. I think in this she is incredibly hot. No, and you know what it is. She hot? she epitomizes what I'm talking about, dude. You know, I always try to come up with somebody that I make the argument not traditionally beautiful but sexy. She no, fits the I bill. No, I think she's both. I think she's, she's no, both. she's she's attractive. She's a pretty one, but I mean, she's not. She's not like that, like model, perfect, you know. Kind of, but she's no, 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 no. Uh, yes, she is. <laughs> no, I think no, 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 no. no. You're wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what model perfect is. There's a heck of a lot of logic to that argument. No, no. Yes, no, no. <laughs> no, um, no. Um, 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 may I just may I just interject? May I interject? Um, you are mistaken. 
No, she was hot in this. She, no, was, she hot was Eddie in the Cruisers. She was yes. hot. No. Yes. She was. Well, Eddie, not as much Eddie in the Cruisers. I'm thinking another late 80s film that she was hot, or a couple of them that she was hot. Sea of Love. Than. Sea of Love, yes. Bingo, bingo, bingo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, no, yeah, wait. Yeah. Bingo, bingo. Boing. <laughs> uh, wow, this just went down there. Um, yeah, and I do want to point out, cool that in the uh, band scene, we did get the, they weren't kids, but we did get the ubiquitous white people dancing badly in an 80s movie. Oh, we movie. did. <laughs> 80s. Wait, wait. And I, 80s, I'm, style. I'm 80s, style. Pr- 80s style, and I'm pretty much convinced, I'm pretty much convinced, guys, there were more mullets in that room than in a well-stocked fishing lake. There was so much mullet going on. Clothes. Just look at the clothes they were wearing. I know. Yeah, like Mr. Perfect. I mean, that Come guy on. was sporting I mean, shoulder pads. He could have he could have left there and just gone to his job at the NFL. It was. <laughs> and there is no band as cool in the 80s if it didn't have multiple saxophone players in it. Of course not. <laughs> so, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had some of those outfits. My God, I remember that time. Uh, I had a white blazer jacket uh, a la Miami Vice. Yeah, I had one too. Mm-hmm. Had oh. You know what? I have the picture. I totally should scan oh. that in and put it up on the Facebook page. That'd be freaking hilarious. Of you? As dressed up in that, yep. Oh, God. And, uh, but Jason, you'll like it because I'm actually wearing shirts in, in that picture that you wear to this day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd also like to point out... And there is nothing wrong with shopping at <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no! There's nothing wrong with shopping at Goodwill. Um, it's when you decide to only stay out in the Magnum PI section. That's the. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that either. Thank so uh, we, I, I would be remiss, and I always say that in every episode, but I really would if I didn't mention that this had Clancy Brown in it, who is one of those dudes that, for whatever reason, I love the guy. Um, there's a book I don't know yeah. if you ever read it when you were a kid called Death Watch by Rob White, and it's long story short. This kid takes this jerk-off rich lawyer guy out to hunt these, I guess, somewhat rare mountain goats or something, elk. And <laughs> and it's apparently it's like a very like a limited license thing. Anyway, the guy ends up not listening to this kid, uh, shooting a homeless guy, like, you know, this old prospector, who sounds like a pirate. And, <laughs> and he ends up wanting to hide it. The kid won't let him. Long story short, the rest of the book, him hunting this kid. Well, in my head. Always. I think even before I knew who Clancy Brown was, I pictured the bad guy as Clancy Brown. Like, he's just so, he's good as a good guy, but I love it when he plays, like, Highlander and, and of course, the always classic Pet Cemetery 2, uh, where he plays a bad guy. So, um, I just wanted to say that. Well, I love him, I, and I, I'm glad you mentioned him. I actually love him as an actor. I think he's got such a an amazing character to him. I loved him in uh, Starship Troopers, which is another kind of sci-fi from the, the late 90s that... Um, he he played kind of the grunt sergeant who uh, becomes hero at one part, but he I, I love his stylized. He reminds me of um, oh, who is the guy that played the the older um, guy in Roadhouse um, that always seems to play like the cowboy. Oh, Sam Elliott. Long... Sam, Sam Elliott. Elliot. Yeah, yeah. He reminds me of that kind of a that rough kind of gruff. Yes, that that Americana. Yeah, that, that, yeah the rugged, the rugged character. individualist kind of. Yeah. Yes. Um, I love Sam Elliott. I love, and so Clancy Brown to me uh, is that similar character. And even in this, with his shorter hair, and he was kind of supposed to be, uh, you know, a, a '80s cowboy-ish. Um, I, I love him in most of the stuff I've seen him in, and, and this it was nice to see him again, kind of in his his younger days back in the early '80s. So yeah, I loved it. One other character I wanted to point out, one other actor that I really liked in this, um, Vincent Chiavelli. Oh yeah, from Better Off Dead. Uh, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, I also, <laughs> um, he is, 
he is uh, uh, forever for me the one person that I liked in the movie Ghost because he played the ghost in he the subway. He was in Better Off Dead, though. Remember? Yeah, yes, of course I remember from that. But the, I love how you I blow that off like he from... was like he was in the movie. <laughs> like you blew it off like yeah, what he wasn't even in that movie, Joel. <laughs> okay, fine. He played a teacher, you know. He was, but he, but to me, what's seared into my memory is, oh my god, I hate this goddamn movie. <laughs> Except this scene, that's kind of cool, and I like him. And, and you know, so. you know what, it, it, you heartless bastard! If that scene <laughs> with the Righteous Brothers and the Clay didn't melt your heart. Oh. You know, you're just a cold bastard. Um, yeah, and, and I also, uh, speaking of, of moments that are so bizarre that actually really made me realize, you know what, I really kind of do this movie. I do definitely want to watch it again. Like, I kind of feel like the first time I watched it since it was the first time and I'm looking for stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, you're I know... A lot of, you're, do, you're doing a lot of, huh? <laughs> yeah, you're pretty much yeah. that. So oh. I kind of want to go back and watch it now knowing everything I know. But, right. like, the moment when, they're, when they've got their guns out and uh, New Jersey, which is the Jeff Goldblum character, right? And uh, what's the guy who has his arm in the sling for most of the movie he's uh, like one of the second in command guys yeah he's one of one of those guys yeah yeah I and, remember and they're walking around with their guns and they walk into this room and Goldblum points at it he goes oh, why is there a watermelon there yeah and, and they, they totally and, blow oh, it yes and he says I'll tell you later I'll tell you later and then they yes. just walk out, and the thing that's so bizarre about it is you know there had to be a moment just made up between the two actors like it had to be <laughs> There's yeah. no, there's, why would they script that? It doesn't fit anything. It doesn't make any sense. It was almost like this surrealist, like at, at that moment, you feel like you're watching some kind of like European art surrealist film, you know? <laughs> His name is Reno. Oh, that's right. Reno. Reno. Yeah. Because that's when Jeff Goldblum says, oh, are, are, are you uh, so-and-so? And he's like, uh, no, he's no. away no. on another mission or something. And I think it was I'm supposed Reno. to be a woman, right? Wasn't that the character that he refers to as being somewhere else? I thought it was supposed to be a woman. I think well, they explained that part. They just said a name, like, you know, New yeah, Jersey. It was, it was one of the things I read that talked about. Like, that was one of those elements that was left out as far as an explanation, oh, but it turned out it was, like, one of the people's girlfriends or something. Well, well also, too, when you go back for your rewatch, and, and I forgot to go back and confirm this because it's maybe just burned in my brain incorrectly, but later in the movie when uh, they're back at uh, uh, the house, you know, they figured out the whole War of the Worlds thing. Yes, that was and, cool, yeah. And, and the guys have come in, and now everybody's running around. People are getting shot at and all that. And they go running through the thing, and there's the group of them that get together, and they decide to split up. Yeah. Um, and and Buckaroo's telling them all what to do. I think yep. at that point he says, you know, you go, you go, there, you do this, you do that, and I'm going down to engineering. I thought it yes. was a Star Trek reference. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go back and listen to that. That's funny. Yeah, it does say that. And I thought yeah. the same thing. I'm like, and I probably missed that the first 15 times. And then one, that's one of those things on this movie. It's a rewatch. Like, I know that it's Star Trek. Yeah. He's doing a Star Trek thing. Isn't it interesting to think that what we define as original, I call it like the Quentin Tarantino school of originality. You, you are original because what you do is you take literally everything that's been done before and throw it all together against the wall. And then kind of whatever sticks, that's what you go with. And that's original. Now, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unlike Mr. Tarantino, um, I actually enjoyed this movie. Um, so, you know, but there's people that say, what? He, did he just say, I like a couple of his movies. I'm not going to go there right now. <clears throat> so, yeah, no, it, it was. this was a, an enjoyable movie. I want to rewatch it again, so that's a good sign, right? That I didn't like, oh my God, I can sit through this thing again. Um, I, I did like the spirit of it. I thought it was enjoyable. I definitely want to watch it again, kind of like with a different mindset um, yeah. and just see... Uh, See how I take it. So, being that we, um... well, wait, one more, th- one more thing. Oh, good one God, more. man! <laughs> there are a lot 
of because you mentioned that at the time this came out, there were a lot of uh, actors and, and, and people in it that weren't big at the moment. But one of the ones that, I, that you've got to kind of talk about is there were definitely some people who were bit parts in this who ended up being bigger in other 80s movies. Like, did you catch who the uh, uh, highway patrol guy was when they were at the alien crash site? And they were trying to bust open that, I don't know, giant egg or spaceship, yep. whatever. Yep. The guy was telling him to the, put the, yep. Yeah, the, the highway patrol guy is John Ashton. This. He's the guy that played the straight man in Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, that's Beverly right. Hills yeah, Cop yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. He played the detective, the the you know the bald <laughs> white guy that, yes. that was in that. Um, With Judge so Reinhold. he was one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he was that. And then um, the the guy that played the hospital guard – uh, that was at the the hospital when the guys were trying to get in. And he's like, "No, you can't go in." Um, at the at the yo uh, uh, yo dine, which we didn't even talk about that yo yo dine mm-hmm. <laughs> propulsion systems. Get it right, man. <laughs> Sorry, um, that was Jonathan Banks. Yeah, that he was also I, in Beverly Hills Cop, and he was also in Airplane, and he was also in Wise Guy, and um, he he's played bad characters and bad guys in it, but. Um, he, I'm pretty much long. just focused on Yakov Smirnov at this point. Well, and Yakov Smirnov, he played. What now, a company! Did you, find <laughs> did you find the irony that the president said that uh, whoever Yakov's character's name was, I don't remember, Yakov. was like his... his name was Yakov. No, <laughs> yes, it was. He said Yakov. He called him Yakov. Did he really? Yes. I remember thinking, that, what? That before or after he took out the Declaration of War short form. <laughs> I actually wrote. <laughs> yes. See, that's why I say this is a sad. Why you black bastard? <laughs> Son of a bitch. You know what it is? I've got a cord laying over top of my iPad, so when I drop it, it's apparently... The iPad is sensitive, because it's triggering... And it's, Who the hell are you all of a sudden? Yeah. It's random movie clips. Pain in the ass! <laughs> but he, he was the national security advisor. Yes. So if this movie was a parody on the... Uh, Cold War yes. occurring in the early '80s. The fact that Yakov Smirnov was ca- was yeah, cast fact- as the <laughs> national security yeah the national security advisor is a is a Russian defector. With <laughs> the- should we should we bomb uh, the Soviet Union? <laughs> Here's yeah. the short form. Yes, <laughs> the president. Yeah. That was, that was, that was- and did you notice in the short form it was like I blank and underneath the said <laughs> yeah. name? <laughs> yeah, like all he has to do is sign it. Right. Yep. I. President, so and so, and that's what I love. And I or on blank. <laughs> I really love like low tech sci fi stuff. You know, I yeah. I love that how like the bubble wrap glasses and the the snorkel. Oh. I mean, just like where, where you know that. I mean, they probably could have made this movie for a buck five if they had wanted to. You know, it, just everything in it was just very low tech, and and it was cool. It reminded me of, like a fifties sci fi movie where they would have just taken all these disparate you know props and elements that you. T- You'll find in your but garage. It seems like and... they, they spent the money in the right place. Like they got the cast for this to me was perfect. Like nobody mm-hmm. in it stood out to me like, oh my God, that acting was awful. Yeah, no. Everybody, everybody was good. Everybody really <clears throat> hit their acting. And so the fact that these fantastic actors, which even at the time weren't big names, but they we know they're fantastic actors, um, all were together in the same film and the sci fi part was low budget. It to me that's what worked about it. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I mean, did did either of you uh, listen to the director commentary? No, because I, I I watched it instant. No, no, I didn't. Oh, okay, all right. Then I highly, you know, for anyone else too, the DVD that's got the director commentary. It's just, it's totally in character because the director considers this movie to be a docudrama. Oh yeah, I, I heard, I read something that said that, that he was claiming it was like a docudrama that they got permission from the Bonsai uh, Institute yeah. or whatever. 
<laughs> yeah, because no, he does the entire commentary with Reno. Now, not the actor who played Reno, but, but the, the actual Reno from the Buckaroo Banzai. Oh. So they, you know, it's just it, it's, it's sort of like totally when um, when uh, Bruce Campbell did character. it as Elvis. He did the Bubba Hotepi. There's a commentary track where he does it as Elvis. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, is this the point where we can point out that he's directed two films? Who W.D. Richter? Yeah, he's he was more known for his writing. Yes, yeah. No, this is just, late for dinner. Was his other one, but and, and the really interesting thing too in the in the uh, some of those behind the scenes stuff was that the the title of the movie, that full thing, that was yeah. the studio's idea. Hmm. Really, they, he didn't. He just Buckaroo Banzai was fine with him, but the studio wanted something jazzier. They wanted something, you know. Well, the one thing about this movie that I remember as a kid watching it, um, and yes, I was actually under eighteen when I saw this film for the first time, <laughs> um, was that I felt like. And and this was part of maybe that window into a bigger picture. I almost felt like this was a sequel, and I had missed something else. Yeah, like the, I, like a part of a trilogy. Keep, like this was part yes, of a trilogy. Like I wanted yeah. to keep watching not, not, the episodes or whatever the next movie was, and it was like it wasn't, this and was, to me, it wasn't so much the trilogy. For me, it's like you started like you came into the movie fifteen minutes late. You mm-hmm. missed all the good stuff yes. to understand what was going on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly um, what it felt like. But I, I, you know, I'm sad they never made more uh, because I think this was uh, just well enough done. If they got the same same actors to come back play the same characters, I think it would have been uh, good as oh, well. Yeah. But this might have been a lightning only strikes once. Oh yeah, uh, enjoy it totally as a cult. You know, midnight yep. showing classic. Yep, definitely. You don't have a cousin, Pally. Thank you, Ann. <laughs> <laughs> so, gentlemen, I think we should start with our guest, who better have a damn good movie pick for us. <laughs> no six pressure, movie no picks, pressure. right? We told him to pick yeah, six. Yeah, we're doing six now, six. Je- uh, Kevin. Pick each. Six. Each. Six. Okay. All right. I'll trim my list down from ten. Okay. Okay. Down to one. Okay. Give us- down to one. Um, well, I was thinking of one of those ones we mentioned a little earlier, but... I went, for the sake of teasing future episodes of Forgotten Flicks, I think, I went with 1985. Mm -hmm. Uh, Connection is Jeff Goldblum. Okay. And I went with Into the Night. Yes, Uh, you did. Yes. That would have been my, I I figured you were going to pick that one or Big Trouble in Little China because there was a connection to that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, I didn't want to go back to that, I figured that, because that's one I think if folks are not aware of, Another one that I still enjoy watching multiple times again. Just oh, I'd say Into the Night is definitely a forgotten flick. Yeah. yeah, And I've never it seen is. it, so there you go. Uh, there you go. Uh, now, if you haven't, and, and I know we didn't have good luck with Repo Man, but... I do want to say that. This movie is what I thought Repo Man was going to be. That's okay, the problem. Well, I thought Buckaroo Banzai the t- was? Meaning, like, I thought Repo Man was going to be more the tone of, bu- of Buckaroo Banzai. I, that was a problem. I went in expecting a Buckaroo Banzai kind of movie, and Repo Man is not like Now, that. for those who might not be aware, Joel was going to come on Saturday B Movie Reel to do Repo Man with me until he watched it. So <laughs> I said I'd come on, <laughs> but it might not be the most positive of conversations. And it was in the, he was actually in the can for, like, two days to yeah. purge himself. Yeah. And, uh... No, but 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 uh, into the night. I would recommend if you if you still trust me enough, Joel. To I do. I do. Do not watch the trailer. 
Don't yep. read a synopsis. Go into this one because that's how I saw it one night on cable, totally blind and just. That's how I it... went into the crying game. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, and I love that movie. <laughs> that, one hell of a twist. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that one's got a lot of. I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer, um, as well as a ton of other cameos and recognizable faces, and just a really quirky right, cool. story. So good deal. That's a good story. I, I've seen it, but it's been one of those that I haven't seen in a really long time. So um, I definitely want to put it on our list. It's probably one of the only John Landis films other than Schlock, his very first one that I've never seen. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, there you go. Very good. You want to go next? Of course hey. I do. Okay. Go ahead. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm out. <laughs> no, I said you go next. Oh, God. All right, so I went with, uh, as, as I uh, sometimes do, I went with Music Connection um, because I actually really liked the music in Buckaroo Banzai, especially the, the, the music that was over the end credits. Especially when you compare it to the music of Lady Hawk. Uh, yes, which I, full disclosure, was not good, man. Good synth music, <laughs> shitty synth music. Good use of synth music, shitty use of synth music. Yeah, Any questions? To look past I, it. <laughs> I will even say the music in Assault on Precinct 13 was better than Lady Hawk. But oh, well, thanks. No. Good, good. But, Glad we got your okay on that so one. Much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Booker Bonsai had some good music, and uh, for those of you who don't know, the music was actually composed by Michael Boddicker, um, who has done some uh, other great uh, scores and, and film music, which I, I love. Um, he did Enemy Mine. Uh, he also did, Joel, which you mentioned in the past, uh, Whitewater Summer. Oh, yeah. He did music for that. Um, so he'd done some, some fantastic – he's done a lot of TV stuff and as, as well. But he did one that I felt was in the same tone uh, – not the same story, obviously, but the similar tone as this. He did the, the music for Arachnophobia from ah. 1990, oh. um, which is one of those that I, I really enjoyed. Uh, I watched it many, many times. There's Jeff Daniels and, and John Goodman, who actually doesn't have a huge part in it, but uh, he plays the exterminator that comes in. And uh, if you don't like spiders, don't watch this movie because it's oh God, definitely no. <laughs> not a... If you don't like well... spiders and you n- know what the hell arachnophobia means, <laughs> well, yes, okay. and you still watch if the movie, then obviously, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but, I mean... It, Compare this to another uh, kind of off-the-wall spider movie like Eight-Legged Freaks. Okay, that was enough kind of crazy, quirky, freaky uh, sci-fi creature feature that's like, okay, if you don't like spiders, that may or may not bother you. Arachnophobia is more like real-size yeah. spiders. Yeah, this could really happen. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah it definitely is, is that. But it's a, it's a really cool movie uh, uh, directed by Frank Marshall, and um, uh, I liked it, but... Michael Boddicker did a great job with the with the music in this, uh, uh, as well as he did Buckaroo Banzai. But in this one, it was a lot creepier and darker tone. Um, but then I also love the soundtrack for Enemy Mine, which I think is a, uh, a really good one as well. But uh, it is worth mentioning, he did also do the music for Milo and Otis. Which, which is, of course, a classic. <laughs> 1986 with a pug and a kitty cat finding their way home. Which, <laughs> which makes Jason cry. Just makes me, I know, me too. Shut up, man! Made, oh, and also, watch that one more time so I can count. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> ready, ready for this. And I thought I was right. I just checked to ver- verify. Can you name how <clears throat> this musician? What's his name? Michael Boddicker. Boddicker. 
How does he connect in a rather abstract way to Peter Weller for a totally different sci-fi oriented action movie? Uh, I don't know. I didn't look up any other connection with him. Boddicker is the name of Kurtwood, Kurtwood Smith, the main bad guy in RoboCop. Oh, oh, that's right. Coincidence? <gasps> Co- I don't. I uh, probably, but <laughs> <laughs> legally, yes, yes. <laughs> kind of like Hogwarts in oh, yeah. Labyrinth. Yeah, Hoggle Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Hogwarts. Hogwarts Castle. No. Yeah. Could mm. it be Satan? Hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> just so we're clear there was only three people in the audience that even got that reference okay because yeah, <clears throat> well, there's only three people to listen right is that what you just said <laughs> yeah. and one of us was on the damn show so. <laughs> yeah that's true damn it okay that's your audience okay yeah third that's so we, your turn yeah, that's how we keep our audience we keep having them on the show you daryl <laughs> great the illusion <laughs> peter occasionally comes on okay <clears throat> my pick from 1981 I'm pretty sure I might have picked this from a long time ago, but I really don't give a crap because I love the movie. Southern Comfort from 1981. Ring a bell? Huh? And no, it's not about a... a while. Been a long time. No, it's not a drink. <laughs> no, I was going to say, of course. J- I, Jason, have you ever seen Southern Comfort? I consume Com- lots of it. So. <laughs> have you ever seen Southern Comfort not drink it? Um, I have never seen it. Uh, no. Have I you heard of it? I have heard of it. Okay. I have heard of it. It's, yeah. uh, isn't it um, uh, Leather Guy? Leather Guy. What's his name? Uh, uh, oh, no, no. It's Keith Carradine. I'm thinking David Carradine. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'm going, what? Where's he going with that? <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, it's, yes. Keith... It's a Carradine guy. No, I'm Yes, it is one of the Carradines, yes. yes Keith yes, Carradine yes. is in it um, as his Powers Booth. Uh-huh. Right? Red Dawn and, and lots of other great films. Fred Ward. Uh, was in it. Uh, T.K. Carter, who was the uh, was one of the people in The Thing, or one of the actors. Uh, my connection to our present movie, Buck Robanze, was Lewis Smith, who played um, Perfect Tom. Right? That was the character. And he was, I was originally going to pick Heavenly Kid, but I'm almost positive I picked that before, because um, he was, of course, uh, yes. in that movie. So, uh, but he I was. I think we've picked that and talked about it maybe like three times. Yeah, that's so. why I decided not to. Uh, <laughs> Peter Coyote was in it. Uh, he played Keys in E.T., just for the, the shorthand. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brian James, who, of course, was in Blade Runner and uh, Horror Show, um, amongst other films. I mean, it's got a great cast. He was, that, he was that weird guy in The Fifth Element. Yes, that too. Mm-hmm. And it was directed by Mr. Walter Hill, right? He did 48 Hours and, oh, crap, what else yeah. did he do? I'm brain farting. My last, uh, my last pick last time i was on was a walter hill which one was your last streets, pick? Of, streets, streets of, fire. of fire that's right yeah i'm like i, yep. I i'm uh, warriors like there there we go okay there we go um did he do was it the long riders wasn't that his western he did i think he did the long don't know okay don't know. um yeah. the only thing i remember him from is he was the producer on alien and alien yes he was and he produced uh, tales from the crypt um yeah he's done crap ton of stuff um last yeah. man standing with bruce willis and which was me um so he's done a lot of movies and um but this is probably one of my favorites that he did and and the long story short group of national guardsmen in the louisiana bayou during their weekend uh reserve you know training uh, they got blanks in their guns well they go too far into the backwoods and piss off some locals <laughs> and end up going who end up pretty much going deliverance on their ass only metaphorically though in this case <laughs> And <laughs> um, the the, the really fast. It's a really great movie. It really is. And 
um, sort of these characters who are like these weekend warriors that are actually thrown into this sort of war-like situation. And, you know, keeping in mind the historical context, you're only talking about, you know, six years removed from being in Vietnam, and it definitely had like elements of that in it. Um, but it's not like a beach over the head with it. Kind of like what I love about Buck Rubanze, the satire's there, but they're not like you know, beating you over the head with it. It's, it's subtle. Um, and one of the things I always found fascinating about this movie is part of my family on my dad's side is actually from the Louisiana Bayou. And I shit you not watching this movie for the first time. There's a scene where they, they end up in one of these, like, I guess villages for lack of a better way of putting it. And I think they used actual local people to play the parts. And as they, as they panned through the audience of of these people, these actual people who live in this area, (laughs) I went, dear God, that looks like uh, they actually several of them just had a there was a look. It's my cousin. Yeah, it, it, no, but it looked like like my my grandmother and like that side of her family picture. Like they actually looked. They had a look. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> and I'm not gonna make any flipper jokes or anything like that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It was very. Dear sweet Jesus, this explains a lot. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was like, it, for for all the Jasons got, you know, has the family reunions with banjos and ZZ Top. Hey, we are the ZZ Top biker <laughs> full beards, but uh, mine could swim, hold their own swimming with the frogs in the bayou, because they also had flippers. So, <laughs> related to the penguin. No, no, but it was weird. It was just very. It was like because you know, like you just like certain people's eyes. Like I was like, oh my yeah, god, yeah. that looks like my uncle. Uh, uh. That's my uncle Stucky. I know that. He owes me money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't they always? Don't they always? So yes, that's my pick. Southern Comfort from 1981. So, uh, any final words, gentlemen? Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh! Why don't we do this every week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yes, and of course, let's. We probably should mention that since obviously we're doing our summer, we're slacking uh, session. <laughs> We, it's we, the summer of love. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, 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 where Jason yeah, so can't is, get up his connection, and he. Yeah, gotcha. So uh, we appreciate all of you waiting. I know last week we didn't have an episode, and this week is the first one we've we've had in uh, in two weeks. But uh, we are kind of taking the summer off, as we mentioned before. For those of you who didn't catch our uh, uh, our last announcement. Um, we are going to come back. It's just for the, the couple months in the summer. We're going to come back in September, uh, full force. Uh, we are doing it every two weeks, but we're going to come back in September every single week, and we're going to ramp up for what guarantees to be the event of the year on the interwebs netness. Uh, yeah, on the interwebs in Palaka, Florida. Uh, well, <laughs> which has a population? Frost proof, I, I think maybe frost. Proof okay, frost proof maybe. Okay, which has a population um, I believe of twenty something thousand. So it will be the event in yeah. that in that in um, that in that town, which is October Spooky Flix Fest two thousand twelve, baby. It is going to be big. The so. year when it all comes to a screaming bloody end. <laughs> um, but yes, we are we are kind of down to uh, once every two weeks, but we will come back to it. So yes, don't we're not. We're not breaking it down. We're not giving up. We're just, we, we don't get paid for this. So. Yeah. So we have to. <laughs> what? What? I know. I know, Kevin. We're not like Mr. Big I know Mr. Big Fancy <laughs> Pants over there with his high rolling self. Oh, because, oh, you can. Yeah, you're, my, you're, you're big podcast money. You could buy a Hyundai. I get it. I get it. I was hoping for a Hot Wheel, but okay. So, Jay, any final uh, contact the kind of uh, info you'd like to throw at people? 
Well, I want a couple of quick shout outs. I want to thank uh, JV. For those of you who don't know, JV does a fantastic, funny podcast that I love listening to. He's one of the other few podcasts that I listen to. He does JV Mail, and you can find him at JV Mail. That's J A Y, letter V, mail.com. V uh, like venereal. Like venereal. You've got questions, he's got answers. Forget Best Buy. Um, and <laughs> I also want to thank. Our favorite artist in the entire universe, Kevin Spencer, who does an amazing job every week of creating a unique uh, piece of artwork for our podcast. So if you haven't checked him out, you can uh, see his artwork on um, our Facebook page. We put his artwork up there every week. But you can also check his website out, inkspatters.com. And as, as uh, Joel mentioned, we are on ForgottenFlicks.com. Check us out on iTunes as well as Twitter. I am Flicks Sidekick. Joel is Forgotten Flicks. Uh, you can check us out there and our shenanigans and all that mess. So, and the Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, Facebook page. We have a group page there as well that we talk about. So the last shout-out, Kevin, why don't you tell the folks where they can find all of your awesome stuff, most specifically the Saturday B-Movie. Yes, for those folks who love the cheesy stuff, that would Yay! be at SaturdayBMovieReel.com. And if you're a fan of genre TV shows, our big podcast is over at TuningIntoSciFiTV.com. Thank you Absolutely, much. and Saturday B Movie Reel rocks, and most specifically, any movies that Kevin covers that contain piranha. <laughs> they Jason are has, awesome. <laughs> first refusal. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say. I thought Jason was gonna say any of these episodes that contain me, Jason, <laughs> are awesome. Which should, which should be the piranha ones. My, <laughs> oh yes. Oh, I get my, it now. Ah. I'm still tossing my name in the hat for piranha conda. So. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yes. And Kevin, thank you so much for being on with us. It's been an absolute pleasure as per usual. Um, it's fascinating because you normally seem like a very smart dude, but I'm confident you lose IQ points just for having been on the show. So that well, be said, we all have to give it back, you know? Yeah, that's true. It's sort of like you're doing community service. <laughs> There's a special podcast. You use the quote fingers when you say it. I drive the short virtual bus to get there and. The guys who podcast, are, they need me. They need me. So thank you for being here. We appreciate it. Oh, you are always awesome. Yeah, and, a lot uh, of fun. You guys are a blast. Well, thank you. And Jason, of course, thank you for your small berries. And um, for any you know final thing you'd like to say. They're all monkey boys. We must crush them all. I'm getting the hell out of here.